0: Horror Critic.
1: Good evening, horror fans, and welcome to another episode of Killer Horror Critic. I'm your host, Matt.
2: And I'm Chris.
1: And this is a podcast where my wife and I critique and argue over horror films like a couple of drunks at the bar, so maybe we never quite enlighten you, maybe we never surprise you, maybe we never... Uh, send you into a Birdemic panic <laughs> <laughs> of epic proportions, but hopefully you just have a good time listening. So, of course, tonight uh, in wrapping up our Birds of Prey theme, we are coming full circle and discussing the 2010 film Birdemic Shock <laughs> and Terror <laughs> which is 100% a Birds ripoff. You know, Chris, Chris kept arguing with me last week about whether or not Beaks was a ripoff of the Birds, but Birdemic is undoubtedly a ripoff of the Birds. I can agree with that. <laughs> and it's written and directed by, I'm going to say this wrong, James Nguyen. We'll go with that. <laughs> uh, who also did Birdemic 2. Yes, There's there, a
2: sequel? There
1: is a sequel. And if IMDB serves me correctly... He is also working on a Birdemic 3. <laughs>
2: Done. I will watch all of those and Beaks 2.
1: You watch it by yourself. Um,
2: so
1: <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll do it. But I'm not going to like it. Um, but, I don't care. <laughs> but anyway, so Birdemic is essentially about a... Oh, man. It's essentially <laughs> about a guy named Rod, played by Alan Bogg, who meets this model named Natalie, played by Whitney Moore, and... They start forming their little love affair and wake up one day to find the entire town being attacked by murderous birds. <laughs> and so they set off on a like, bird-killing road trip, basically. Yep. I mean, that's kind of the best way to describe it. Uh, and and deal with this apocalyptic world of murderous birds. <laughs> so before we get into spoiling the film, which we are going to do, so if you have not seen it, please do go check it out to your own demise um <laughs> it's it is streaming on Tubi uh I'm not sure if it's anywhere else but you can find it on Tubi and again I'm not going to say that you must watch this one but you should if you don't it's want to it
2: spoil it's fun and how terrible it is We're, yeah it's
1: it's something <laughs> um so <laughs> uh but before we get into spoilers we have our usual spoiler free content so as far as releases go this week got a couple fun ones for you uh, first up is Black Friday, which comes out on VOD on the twenty-third. And this one uh features Bruce Campbell and oh. Devin Sawa and Holy shit. And essentially deal I, I have not watched it yet. I will have a review for this on KillerHorrorCritic.com before it releases, but it essentially deals, I think, with like some kind of zombie plague or something like that spreading through a mall during like a Black Friday <laughs> Oh, my Uh,
2: God, I want to see this so bad.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it it looks like a lot of fun. It looks like a bloody blast, so I can't wait to check it out. Um, So that's on the 23rd on VOD. Another one is Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. And this is coming to theaters on the 24th. Now, I have seen this. You should be able to read my review for it on KillerHorrorCrick.com as of now. And the thing I will say about this one is... I actually had a lot of fun with it it is not by any means a perfect movie <laughs> uh, but for those who don't know you know this is sort of a a reboot of the Resident Evil film franchise you know Paul W.S. Anderson did the franchise that starred Milovich you know for quite a while and it that is now ended and so they decided to reboot it and the way that I kind of look at this is this is kind of the Resident Evil film that fans have been clamoring for mostly. <laughs> uh, it, it has its problems. There are some things that I'm not sure fans are going to like as far as like certain character portrayals and kind of uh, enormous lack of any sort of plot. <laughs> um, you know, which the Resident Evil games do have an interesting plot and and it it's not as present in this. I actually think that the other Resident Evil films did that part of it a little bit <laughs> better. Uh, but what does work with this one is it's directed by Johans Roberts, who did 47 Meters Down. And while I'm not a huge fan of Roberts, uh, I do think that he does atmosphere and scares really well. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a common theme in his films is that they're always really creepy, really well shot, atmospheric. He just tends to kind of fumble the ball on characters and not care about anything else you know (laughs) so so his films are often less interesting but but visually and atmospherically they're all very well done uh so so this Resident Evil I will say is probably the scariest Resident Evil film to be made to this date I think it gets all of that right it's got lots of great fan service in it the sets look great the zombies look great the other effects not so much but the zombies and gore are great (laughs) Uh, so, so I do recommend this one. I had a lot of fun with it. It's got a really great kind of '90s camp horror action vibe, right? So, awesome. so it kind of—it's not as good as these films, but it kind of reminds me of films like Deep Blue Sea or uh, or Predator 2 or Deep Rising, you know, kind of stuff like that. Or Again, not as good, <laughs> but it had, but it has a similar vibe. Uh, so, so do check that out. I think that a lot of Resident Evil fans will be happy with this. It's a lot of fun. Uh, So, again, that's on the 24th. And then lastly is another one that I haven't quite seen but thought I would mention because it's another kind of slowish week, right? Uh, Is a film called An Intrusion, and this comes to VOD on the 26th. Uh, I don't know much about it other than it deals with people being stalked by some sort of serial killer. But it does star Scout Taylor Compton, who starred in Rob Zombie's Halloween movies. Uh, And she's generally a pretty great actress in, in what she does. So, you know, if you're a fan of hers, that's something you can check out this week. Uh, But that's it for releases, so another thing we like to do before getting the spoilers here is uh, every week on Twitter, at Killer Critics, we like to put up a poll, kind of getting your thoughts and feelings on the film and what you think of it. So between love it, it's fine, don't like it, and never seen it, where do you think the audience falls on Birdemic, Chris?
2: (laughs) I think most of our audience probably hasn't seen this one either. Because, I mean, who's, who's watched Birdemic? Who made that terrible life choice other than us?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, I mean, lots of people have watched it. We made the terrible uh, life choice of choosing to watch <laughs> it for this. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, you're correct. So 22.2% love it. 13 po- which I want to meet you 22.2%. <laughs>
2: I do, too. I'm very curious.
1: Uh, 13.3% of you say it's fine. Six point seven percent of you say don't like it, and a whopping fifty-seven point eight percent have never seen it. Does not surprise me. No. Uh, the film's ten years old; it's not exactly amazing, <laughs> uh, and definitely not a movie for everybody. So, yeah. uh, so we always like to get comments from you all as well. So, th- again, these are all from Twitter, and we've got a few of these. So, if you want to skip ahead and get to us talking about, you know, in-depth spoiler territory with the movie, skip ahead about ten minutes or so. But, first up is at real feels pod, so that's r e e l f e e l s p o d and they've got a podcast. you should check them out. Uh, they say, do you have a drink? No, get one. no, make it two. Are you high? Well, couldn't hurt. light up. This movie is bad, <laughs> but it's also <laughs> but it's also not apologetic for what it is, and that has to be roped, and that has to be roped in. It is the low-budget horror beneath my wings. Laugh, cringe, and crack at all the jokes needed.
2: (laughs) Yeah. No, this is definitely one of those films where, look, it is not a good movie by any means it's one of those great bad movies where it's best when you watch it with people oh
1: 100 yeah
2: so watch it with like rope in your loved ones your best friends get shit faced get high and this movie is so much fun to watch and make fun of so there's a special place in my heart for this movie
1: yeah, as far as I'm concerned, this is not a film that you watch by yourself. No, um, you will
2: be miserable.
1: <laughs> you will be miserable. It, it, it's like Sharknado in that way to me. Like, I like watching Sharknado with people. Mm-hmm. I don't like watching Sharknado by myself. <laughs> and and if I do, I want to be really fucked up for it. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm, t- I'm talking, you know, give me a glass of bourbon, get me really fucking high, and <laughs> maybe I'll have a good time at that point, right? <laughs> but, but yeah, no, it, it is not one that I think you can watch and really enjoy to its no. full extent otherwise uh there is a riff tracks version of it out there which is probably the best way to watch the movie yes um as as usual with these kind of films so I, I would recommend that if you've never seen that version uh but no I just love real feels pod's comment here of just like Get really fucking high, get a drink, and and this is the (laughs) low-budget horror beneath my wings. Very nice touch there. Yep. (laughs) Uh, But thank you, Real Spot, for the comment. Appreciate it. Uh, Next up is a comment from at Neon Robot Attack. So I don't think I have to spell that. That's Neon Robot Attack. And they say, A huge proof of point that some movies really and truly do fall into the so-bad-it's-good category. While the director's previous movies have some of the same inept charm as this mess of nonsense, <laughs> Birdemic is a true dumpster diamond that can proudly stand with Troll 2 and The Room.
2: <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree with that. And look, these types of movies, I have fucking loved this month because both Beaks and Birdemic are the type of kind of bad movies that I love watching because they're so bad and it's so fun to just sit there and make fun of them and yeah. yell things at the characters the entire time. So I'm so happy we watched this movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so so I mostly agree with this. I, I do think that it definitely falls in that so bad it's good category, which, you know, I, I do struggle with that phrase sometimes because I always kind of feel like, hey, if the film ends up being something that you actually really like, then it, maybe it is actually good, you know, like, uh, like, I mean, you know, we have to ask ourselves that sometimes, like, is Troll 2 actually good? You know, we're all we're all still talking about it, like fucking 35 or whatever years later, you know, and having midnight cold screenings for it. So like, is it actually better than we say it is?
2: No, it's like junk food. You know well, that it's not good, but you really enjoy it.
1: Well, exactly. But so, like, I. It doesn't w- make
2: it good for you. That doesn't mean you should go and eat Doritos for lunch. I'm not
1: saying good for you. I'm saying good. So like, <laughs> so like, you know, like flaming hot Cheetos. They're bad for me, uh-huh. but I think they taste good. So, <laughs> You know, so is Troll Two like that, or or Burdemic? Is it like that? Like, is it is it? Junk food, but actually tasty junk food. Yes, you know? so.
2: <laughs> I would absolutely agree with that analogy. These yep. films that we love, they're the junk food of movies, and we need those to have a well balanced diet.
1: Well, to have a diet, no, um. <laughs> no,
2: well balanced, you need junk food. <laughs>
1: uh, but but no, so uh, I, I do, I do, however, think that Birdemic is a little bit less in that category for me, only because whereas Troll 2 and The Room are just straight up accidentally really fun because of how bad they are. Mm. Uh, Birdemic feels like a movie that is very much intended to be as bad as it is. Really? (laughs) I don't think you write... Movies like I—I I don't know. I could be wrong. It just—the it, whole thing just feels like nobody in their right mind was was filming this film and thought this is great, you know, or this or this is like quality movie making here.
2: You're saying uh, they didn't think the CGI birds made them have a quality film?
1: I could be wrong. Uh, I'm not so sure though. But uh, but anyway, thank you at Neon Robot Attack for the comment. Appreciate it. Uh, next up is a comment from at dar Finch. So that's D-A-R-D-A-R-F-I-N-C-H. And they say, such a disaster of a film. Fun to watch with a group and tear to pieces. Might be the worst of all time. Favorite line is, that was a good movie, an in inconvenient truth. Yeah, because that's how people talk. <laughs>
2: I look like, it's part of the charm for me with this whole film is that it feels like the human characters that we are watching in this are not actually human characters and have never oh, known Oh, they're aliens
1: in in human suits. Right?
2: <laughs> and it's it's weird because like nothing that they say to each other feels like anything natural which is weirdly weirdly charming. I do think that this movie is like they wouldn't watch an inconvenient truth and went this is important. People need to know about. I should tell the horror community with birds.
1: Perhaps. Um, <laughs> no, I, I totally agree here though. The the dialogue in this film is some of the stiffest, most awkward, unnatural fucking nonsense that that could possibly be there. I mean, people just do not talk like this. No. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's a whole scene where uh, where Rod meets Natalie's mom that they're all just talking about like retirement, and the mom's like. I like the retirement, and I'm like, <laughs> who says that? Who says the retirement? I like the retirement. Like, <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ, aliens. It's not, it's not even a foreign film. Like, what the hell are people talking like this for? Um, but anyway, so yeah, um, totally agree, Dardar. Dar. <laughs> so, thank you for the comment, Dardar Dar Finch. Appreciate it. Next comment is at, and I'm gonna totally say this, Ron. At Smruti Anmol so I'll spell that so that is S-M-R-U-T-I-A-N-M-O-L and they say cult classic for some fans classic 2D compositing no motion tracking quite ambitious to be honest I don't like it
2: (laughs) (laughs) yes this was a very ambitious film for having no budget and I'm pretty sure the people who rendered some of the birds don't Mm. know what birds look like
1: they definitely don't or how birds move well well that's obvious um (laughs) yeah so so the thing I will say this is one I I do I do agree and and look I think I think that the the 2d compositing and all that I I think that that is fun you know like I think it I think it adds an element to the film that makes it stand out in 2010 you know where (laughs) where we have bad CGI and this is different right so (laughs) it's uh, so I, I appreciate it for that. And I, I do the, the place why, where I will give the film credit is it it is ambitious and you know, and you have to respect anyone that actually goes out there and makes the movie, you know, you definitely got to give them a hand for that. And with Birdemic, I mean, I do have to appreciate that the film, you know, I feel like a lot of, uh, a lot, a lot of early filmmakers, you know, they, they want to shoot simpler things, you know, maybe, maybe think of something like, you know i don't know halloween you want to you want to you set your film in in a house right or yeah. you know just keep it keep it really contained and not be too big with it and so you have to appreciate the if you want to call it the bravery uh <laughs> of of james here with birdemic because you know birdemic does not contain itself the the script takes us on a road trip all through the state of california right and yep. and, and so you do have all of these you know all, all of these sets that they're going to and it's the script itself is ambitious in a way because you're doing bird attacks and explosions and forest fires and all this kind of stuff. Now, granted it all looks like complete shit in the movie, but you know, but, but yeah, you have to love that they didn't let their limitations limit them. You know? Uh, So, so I do got to give respect for that. So I totally agree there. Um, But I do also fall into the camp of, I don't really love this movie (laughs) as much as I do respect all of that. And we'll, we'll talk about why throughout, but uh anyway thank you at smruti and mall for the comment hopefully i said that okay uh appreciate it and then last comment is from at halloween year round so that's halloween y r r n d and they've got a website i mentioned them before they've got a website where they do all kinds of like fun horror lists and stuff like that so you should check them out uh but they say as bad as this movie is. The fact that Tippy Hendren is in it is kind of amazing. It'd be like Richard Dreyfuss popping up in Sharknado. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Why didn't Richard Dreyfus sh- pop up in Sharknado? They got everybody else. It's so many celebrities in the Sharknado franchise.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think Richard Dreyfuss is a little bit higher caliber than what's her face from American Pie. Wow,
2: ah, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, Still, I, she,
1: her career was kind of like over by the point of Sharknado. Oh
2: yeah, no, I'm talking about all the celebrity cameos that just kind of happened. Why couldn't he, he just like shown up on one scene?
1: Yeah, I I, th- I think Richard Dreyfuss probably got the Sharknado script and was like. I'm good all. <laughs> I'm, I'm good, y'all. I've already done my shark movie. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> but it is pretty fun that Tippi Hendren ends up in this is in some kind of like archival footage, right? It's, yeah. So it's, I mean, that's a nice touch. And again, th- this film is a huge uh, birds homage, <laughs> ripoff, whatever you want to call it, right? So so that is kind of a fun note. Um, But anyway, thank you at Halloween You Were Around for the comment. Appreciate it. So one last thing we like to do before getting the spoilers is tagline versus the film and what we think of the movie overall. So... The tagline for Birdemic was Who Will Survive? <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think of the tagline? What do you think of Birdemic overall? <laughs> what
2: the fuck is that tagline? I
1: don't fucking know.
2: <laughs> you know what? The tagline works perfectly for this film because it makes no sense in context to the movie. I look, I like this movie. It is not a good film by any means, but this is a fun one to watch. I'm watching with friends and getting shit-faced. And look, we're talking about him being ambitious. He had a message with this with this film, like message with a capital M that he really tried to push through. And I did yeah. not pay attention to any of that. I just watched the birds. He's and like, a like a that.
1: messenger pigeon <gasps> carrying the message of global warming <laughs> to all of us <laughs> and pecking it into our brains. <laughs> um, yeah. His heart was a flutter. With
2: <laughs> You're on a roll. I,
1: I'm trying too hard. Um. So. So. No. Look. I. Th- I think that that tagline actually refers to the audience themselves. Who. Who will survive watching Birdemic? Probably none of you. Nope. <laughs> only. Only the strongest will make it through. <laughs> I, I. I like. You know. There, there's all those. Um. Like anthology movies that you see in horror films and stuff where there's (laughs) like that that movie that if you watch it it kills you or something like the rain right mm-hmm. I, I imagine that's what birdemic is like the first <laughs> the first screening ever of birdemic i imagine just like 90 percent of the audience was just like dead in their seats when it when it ended
2: i just like <laughs> to were... imagine they all like walked out instead and so the lights come up and there's just one solo dude in the audience like just like cheering and clapping
1: yeah woo, birdemic! <laughs> um yeah so no i i think it applies to that but uh as for the movie itself i mean look it's it's terrible you know i'm not (laughs) i'm not gonna sugar go that i mean this this is easily one of the worst. like look there there are plenty of horror films that are worse than this but this is one of the worst horror films that you will recognize the name of you know (laughs) like like i'm sure i'm sure that for as many of you that haven't seen the film a lot of you have probably at least heard of it right so Mm -hmm. so fits into that category right However, you know, the again, the thing I'll say for it is, aside from the ambition, uh, I do really like that this movie is actually, well, it is kind of ripping off uh, the birds. In a sense, it is also kind of a tribute to Alfred Hitchcock, you know, so, like, not... <laughs>
2: I, f- I feel like Hitchcock is very unhappy with that comparison well <laughs> he
1: he might he might not enjoy that but <laughs> but he's dead now, so he doesn't have to deal with it so. <laughs> um, you know, I think that i you know there, there are things in this film that that are kind of fun homages to to hitchcock and and you know you can look at him as as either making fun of his work or not, but you know one thing that immediately caught my eye is. Uh, Hitchcock was always kind of a fan of like long driving scenes right Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean we see that in Psycho of course we saw that in the birds there's a really long driving scene in there too Uh, Hitchcock always kind of did stuff like that and you know Birdemic opens up with just this very long and obnoxious oh. <laughs> point of view driving scene where the music keeps coming on and then stopping for a few seconds and then it'll pick up again. <laughs> you know, it kind of, it's kind of like one of those family guy jokes that just keeps going and going and going until you can't take it anymore. Yeah, That's kind of like the opening credits of the birds <laughs> or, or that's kind of like the opening credits of pandemic or birdemic. So, uh, so, so you do see stuff like that, which is really fun, but yeah, you know, it's, it, it it's a movie, <laughs> uh, and and we're gonna talk all about how it's a movie <laughs> uh, as we go here. So, so again, if you have not seen Birdemic, please go do so. Uh, it it is streaming on Tubi. You can find it there. It is not one that I recommend spending your well earned <laughs> dollars on renting, nope. but uh, but if you feel so inclined, then be my guest. <laughs> uh, but that being said, so. As we usually like to start with, you know, who do you want to talk about in this movie? We've got our main character, Rod, played by Alan Bogg. Natalie, his love interest, played by Whitney Moore. Um, I'm not even sure the other characters are worth mentioning. but <laughs> Nope,
2: I don't think they
1: are. <laughs> but who, who would you like to discuss?
2: <laughs> so, of our main characters, I'm going to talk about Natalie because I always choose the girls. Natalie, oh, I feel like for me with Demic, this is weirdly like a... Um, It's like a PSA horror film from aliens to humankind about the dangers of global warming. Indeed. And I feel like with a character like Natalie, you see that just a little bit because she's not much of a character.
1: Nobody is.
2: I know. but (laughs) They're all robots, Chris. Exactly. They're
1: robots sent back through time.
2: (laughs) To try to to prevent global warming. with,
1: With their Birdemic movie to try to warn humans about global warming. Uh, forty years too late.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I would agree with that. Yep. I <laughs> like look. There's a part of me that like feels really bad for Natalie because she's like this female character who's a model and who nobody supports. Like her mom hey, doesn't want her to be hey, a model. Her
1: her mom her mom contradicts herself later when she says I I just love watching Natalie model and do things or whatever the hell she says. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's because her mom's a filthy liar. Her her,
1: her mom is just digging that just digging the retirement
2: <laughs> she's only saying that because natalie is now going to be a Victoria's secret cover model
1: i love it i love it when <laughs> natalie says that she got the job and her mom's like do they pay and it's <laughs> like it's like i would fuck it's fucking victoria's secret yeah. i would hope so <laughs> would.
2: no there's no payment for victoria's secret models they just get paid in lingerie
1: there might—I mean, you never know. Like, I—I, I, as far as I understand, you know, like, um, like NFL cheerleaders barely get paid. It's almost like an internship. That is
2: true. <laughs> it's really sad. Really
1: fucking sad. Anyway, you're saying. <laughs>
2: oh, yeah. But yeah, Natalie is this this real character who has a job that she works hard at that she tries, but like her mom wants her to become a real estate agent. I am fucking Rod is like shitting on her for not having a backup plan or anything like that. She's going out with dudes who, like, stalked her out of a diner. (laughs) Like, this poor girl is, like, missing half her brain.
1: It it could be argued that she's maybe not all that attached to her modeling career anyway, considering that it takes one second of Rod saying, do you have a backup plan for her to be like, maybe I should just be a real estate agent or become a wife? (laughs) (laughs) She's not she's not very committal to this whole career thing as it seems. <laughs>
2: I feel like part of it might just be like she works really hard at this and nobody gives her any credit and she's finally just like broken of like you know what fine fuck it y'all win I'll kill my dreams fuck you. I, I, I'm going to go kill somebody accidentally. I, th- I think
1: that's implying that there's a soul within there somewhere. Oh, there's no soul. And, <laughs> And again, robots. Yeah. I don't think anyone in this film has a soul.
2: <laughs> I hate saying this, but she is just kind of a beautiful doll in this film.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you know, so this is where this is where the film confuses me a little bit because, <laughs> because you know, I I tend to feel like I'm pretty good at kind of picking out what filmmakers are trying to say with their work sometimes, right? And Birdemic is one where like. I just don't know that I get it, you know, <laughs> and and there and there's a lot of reasons for that that we're, that I'm gonna bring up through this, but the first one comes with you know who I want to talk about, which is Rod, and and in relation to Natalie, in mm. the sense that, you know, first off, starting with Rod, is Rod, you know, like you said, is just this really fucking boring, creepy, <laughs> creepy white dude who
2: <laughs> he's unsettling.
1: He he is he is unsettling <laughs> to say the least. Like you want you want to talk about people being robots? Okay, Rod is the most robotic person in this movie. Like Rod, Rod does not have a personality. Rod, no, Rod's personality is I like green energy and boobs, and
2: that, pretty much. that's
1: pretty much the entirety of what's going on in Rob's brain. Oh, let's not forget money. He loves money.
2: He is so proud that <laughs> he took that stock option.
1: Yeah, I mean every. And, and and just, like, all of his reactions to what people say, you know, like, I love the part uh, we are in spoiler territory now, so I love the part towards the end, or at the end when Natalie asks, like, why did they stop attacking or something like that, and Rod just kind of, like, glances at her and then looks off in the distance <laughs> as if his robotic mind is like, either does not compute or shut the fuck up, you know? <laughs> um, but, but anyway, so the thing with Rob is, like, you know, you look at this guy, and it's interesting because you know he, he's basically this little fuck boy, mm-hmm. uh, who gets you know all butt hurt when when Natalie doesn't want to invite him in on the first day, and he's like, okay, you know, like
2: <laughs> oh, fuck you, buddy.
1: Like like he's he's just he's just your average typical white fuck boy, right? Mm-hmm. And and you know he he reminds me both of them remind me of kind of <laughs> your your basic bitch white couple <laughs> in America, right? <laughs> Where, where you just talked about Natalie, and here's Rod, this guy where his entire personality for like the first half of the movie is I like green energy, I want stock options to make my green energy company, and this is how he talks. He talks like someone who is robotic. And just keep saying the things that they like, because that's totally normal to say at a dinner conversation <laughs> on a first date. Is that I like solar power <laughs> and stocks, and one day I'm gonna make a lot of money. You know, no, like see, that? you
2: got too much emotion. Rod's even yeah, deader than that.
1: You're right; it's a little more deadpan than that. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm not quite dead enough these days. Um, you know, so so he he just goes on and on and on about this, and it's like, you know. And I mean, for God's sakes, did you see him dancing with her? <laughs> he
2: <laughs> Okay, white people can't dance that great. Speaking as, like, a white person who cannot dance or clap to a beat, they even put me to shame with how shitty of a dancer he is.
1: Oh, I mean, I I have had my dance moments of shame, right? Yeah. Like, I, I specifically remember one where I, like, y- y- you all can't see me doing this, but I was drunk at a bar with a, with another girl, and... <gasps> Before we met the- <laughs> and and she was like, you know, dancing all sexy and stuff and and I had and I had like my arms at her like out at both of her sides and was like moving my oh. shoulders, and, like snapping my fingers. Right?
2: Was like- it was this the type of dancing where it feels like your feet are glued to the floor and they will yes. not move? Yes. Yeah, and it's just at the hips. This
1: is this was the type of dancing where if you see white people dancing and like boring dancing in the 30s or something that was me so <laughs> um only this is you know the the, the 2000s <laughs> um but but no but it, you know they're just they're just so boring they're so yeah. basic but but the thing is is like they're so they're so con- like they they feel to me so like conservative value people aside from the green energy thing mm-hmm. that i just don't know what to make of it you know i'm like i'm like are you are you a commentary on conservatives or are you a commentary on <laughs> on boring like liberalness? like what, what are you trying to say with these characters? I don't know.
2: <laughs> See, I think that's your mistake is thinking that there's any real message with the characters. because personally for me with this film, it's all about like all their messaging. And I kind of feel that way because like, yeah, look at Natalie and Rod. like they're so fucking basic. Even any shit like when they're talking about their careers is fucking basic. Like, Natalie is a model, and the only opportunity they they could think to give her was Victoria's Secret, because that's what everybody knows. And, like, Rod is just, like, a salesman. He's a salesman. And somehow makes a million-dollar deal (laughs) from his goddamn cubicle. Which
1: which is such bullshit. Right.
2: Like, their careers are so, like, bullshit, but we spend so much time on them.
1: Well, I mean, look, you know, well, so this is kind of what I'm getting at, is that, uh, you know, the... (laughs) really again the first half this is why i'm so focused on it is the first half of this movie is all about their fucking jobs yes it's, it, it is 100 percent about their goddamn job like a bird a bird does not even feign to attack some somebody until like 40 minutes into this movie it feels like and you yeah. and, and, have and,
2: some very nice fake parrots on their second date
1: Yes, they they do <laughs> they do watch the fake parrots while they're on acid and seeing these fake parrots in the trees. Um, <laughs> not an actual thing that happens, but I swear to God that they are. <laughs> and you know, but but it, it's all it's all about their careers, and so you know, and it ends up striking me as like part of this film kind of seems like it's a commentary on like the American dream, sort of, right? Yeah, you know, or, or like some kind of diluted or fucked up version of it, where it's like the these two characters. All that they care about <laughs> is how successful they are and, and this sort of like American dream mentality where they both kind of represent it, you know, in two different ways where, where Rod is this guy who, you know, is getting rich off of stock options, which is like one American <laughs> dream, right? Um, and then Natalie is this one who's getting, you know, not rich, but getting successful in like the career of her dreams, right? She's and the gorgeous
2: hot blonde model girlfriend every man wants.
1: Well, and that's what it comes down to too, is right, is that they they start to feel like your your typical like, you know, white aspirational couple where it's like the the rich business guy and the hot trophy wife, right? And that's <laughs> like that that's what they seem to be. And there's no there's no kind of fighting back against that. And instead the characters lean extremely heavily into it because, you know, Rod speaks for himself, but then you have Natalie who, you know, is saying things throughout the movie when they're on these dates and stuff like that of, like, you know, maybe I will just give up my career and just (laughs) marry a nice rich man, you know? And and when he asks her, like, what she's looking for in a man, every adjective that she lists is, like, you know, successful, rich, (laughs) like, (laughs) you know, just all of these things that most people don't fucking care about, right? And so it just, like... You know, you mentioned earlier that it almost feels like Natalie has half a brain, and yeah. and something that stuck out to me, which again, this is one of those things I'm reading too much into, but as usual, but you know, there are these there are these two people who are uh uh lovers on the moon, right? Like there there's this reference to lovers on the moon or something like that when they're at mm-hmm. that fair, and then but they're but they're wandering Half Moon Bay, and so it <laughs> so part of that could sort of be seen like oh they're they're each of each other's half of the moon Ew. right but <laughs> but another way i took it is to imply that they're each kind of missing half? <laughs> half of their brain right <laughs> and and maybe together they are whole but <laughs> but uh but separately they don't really have the brain cells to survive <laughs> as a full human being so.
2: <laughs> I definitely agree with that like look for me, we agree that this is like some weird propaganda from robots in the future right and they put this together not knowing what humans well, are like well I
1: think propaganda is the way to say it is it, it yeah. feels like propaganda almost of like of like this is the American dream and this yeah. is why I get confused by the movie because I don't <laughs> You know, I don't believe that Najun is trying to paint them in a positive light. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's not really anything not painting them in a positive light other than how stupid it is. Well,
2: so. I, think, I think the way you have to take it more is like they are, to your point, they're the <coughs> aspiration, you know, especially for, for white America. They're the aspiration. It's what we're kind of told to, like, look for and look up to. So I almost feel like the movie's kind of like, it spends that beginning part being like hey meet these characters look they have these respectable jobs and look you know they're they're not overly, like, you know, sex-obsessed or anything like that. These are respectable well, people. Well,
1: but, but they are. <laughs> but, but, no, but his, Rod, his Rod friend is, is. No, Rod is pretty sex-obsessed, too, because...
2: <laughs> I, I, like, any red-blooded American boy, he's going to try to get into pants on the first date.
1: Turn I mean, God, for God's sake, speaking of the robot talk, right? I mean, you got <laughs> his friend, speaking of, you know, you've got the line where he's like, wh- what does he say when they're on the double date? He says that he's going to go do some sexual... Uh, business or something Yeah, he like says that.
2: that they have to get back to work and he's just like, what work? And he's like, sensual. Sexual work. Oh no, it's sensual.
1: <laughs> sensual work. Yeah, like, it's
2: fucking weird.
1: Like, I, that's how I want to end every double date that we go on now is when people say goodbye to us, I'm just going to be like, all right, well, Chris and I are going to get home so we can get to our sensual work. <laughs> so Matt and I
2: will never be going on double days ever again. Then I'm
1: just going to say it to our parents. You can't avoid them forever. So. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> um, but look, not to interrupt, but one last thing I want to say is like, you know, so, so we're talking about this, this typical, as you say, red-blooded white American couple, right? Mm. And, uh, and I almost feel like the fact that the birds show up with their attack the minute after these two have sex. <laughs> <laughs> you I, think I, they're
2: summoned by sex?
1: I'm not saying they're summoned by sex, but if I w- but if I was to look at this in in terms of whether or not it's trying to say anything with that context, uh-huh. um which it's probably very much not. Mm-hmm. But but if it is, you know, my takeaway would be that this is almost kind of like saying, you know, hey, uh uh procreating of these types of people um needs to end <laughs> like, you know i that that's to me what it is is like the procreation of these fucking dumb shits that have no life goal other than to be rich and <laughs> and whatever um. That's bad. <laughs> That's bad for the world.
2: <laughs> I mean, I could definitely agree with that. And then almost view it through the the lens of the rest of this movie is a journey for this couple to be a little bit more, like, awakened. Because then after that, they basically meet three different wise men in different ways, talking to them <laughs> about, like, the issues of global warming. Because they meet, they meet the soldier who's trying to convince them to, like give a chance, even though he's fucking shooting birds with an Uzi. <laughs> they then meet the the ornithologist who's talking mm. about how we're encroaching on that stuff. And then the weird fucking dude who lives in a tree house who is so, running away from panthers.
1: So, so is that how you view it? Birdemic is like the hero's journey where our heroes are learning from different... <laughs> Uh, uh, teaching figures and I'm, becoming better people.
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Since it's November, I was thinking more Christmas Carol, but yeah, sure.
1: I mean, look, Christmas Carol works too. <laughs> you know, they're not necessarily doing past, present, and future, but they are. They're
2: they're the ghosts of environmentalism.
1: Although, actually, if you look at it, they are kind of doing past, present, and future because.
2: Did I secretly have a deep thought?
1: Well, no, because oh. I I, I, st- I still don't agree with it, but. But I'm saying but I'm saying if you really want to look at it that way, I mean, one of the guys is talking about, you know, birds attacking cavemen, so mm-hmm. there's your past, right? Yeah. <laughs> Another one's talking about what's going on with the birds now, which is this bird flu or whatever, because he, he just tested their blood, so he knows. <laughs> uh and he's gonna take these fucking motherfucking birds down with his gun, this ornithologist. Um and then you do and then you have the future guy who's like enjoy these redwoods well you can because they will all be gone in a few years you
2: know? it's okay that dude died in a forest fire
1: yeah in his fucking, fucking shitty it. tree house Idiot. <laughs> um but look so i mean this you know this gets us into what this film is at least about on the surface which is global warming it's it's not it's not subtle about that this not is, at all this is one of the most heavy-handed things I think you could ever watch. Um,
2: it's propaganda <laughs> with a capital P.
1: It absolutely is. to To the point where you know I meant to do this before we started, but to the point where you even have uh, the character Mai, played by Mona Lisa Moon, uh, awesome name, um, <laughs> where she where she is wearing a shirt that says. Uh, <laughs> where, dr- what is it? Uh, peace dot com? No, imagine, imagine peace. peace. Imaginepeace dot com, which also happens to be a portrait in like her room, yep. which is actually a hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, so we're seeing that throughout. And there's obviously all the global warming talk where you've got our tree hugger guy who's, you know, talking about how human beings are what we have to be afraid of. Not not the birds, but, but <laughs> global warming. You know, he's got his whole speech that just fucking cracks me up where he's like, um, where he's like, it's not, it's not the, I can't protect, or I can protect the redwoods from birds, but I cannot protect the trees from global warming. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Uh, uh like Global Warming has said so many times in this movie yep. that you can make a drinking game out of it. But you
2: absolutely should make a drinking game out of it. Oh,
1: well, I don't know. You might die. I'm not going to recommend <laughs> that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but it's there if you want to. But no, it, 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 so it's such a heavy thing in this. And you have these concepts of like, uh, I forget who says it, but, you know, someone mentions how the birds are only attacking people that... Are driving cars or attacking gas stations, you know, so at a certain point, you know this is a, this is again is where it confuses me a little bit because obviously there's messaging here of global warming bad, green energy good, right? Yes and 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 so where I get confused is our character rod is all about green energy. But he pays
2: $19,000 to get a solar panel on his house.
1: He sure does. You no, know, and hey, good on Rod. We yeah. should all we should all have solar solar panels by now. I mean, look, you know, I, I think of green energy in this context. Uh not to get political for a second, but I like green energy in this context. So What's like one of the number one stories for the last few weeks if you pay attention to like inflation and all that kind of stuff, right? It's high gas prices. Everybody's, yeah. everybody's freaking out about high gas prices, and everybody and you know all, all the all the critics of Biden are like, "You're a terrible president. Look at how much gas costs," which by the way, not his fault. but nope. but, but you see, you see that and it's like, hey, you know what would solve that?" Self recharging cars, like cars powered on solar energy and green energy, which, guess what? You can control the price of always Yay. it never gets out of sight or it never gets too high because it's infinite amount of it <laughs>
2: not only that but there's a super cool um these people have invented these super cool panels that you can use to replace roads so that as you're driving your car a along them they'll be charging your goddamn car with solar energy it's so fucking cool and i want it i want that future
1: yeah, no, I mean there, there's sorry, both, I got distracted. No, I, it's easy. I mean, look, it's easy too. There's so many ways that this world could be so like vastly improved. Yes. <laughs> but instead, we're like, no, let's keep using fucking oil and this energy that you know is going is that we're running out of that we've been using for centuries because we fucking won't do anything else because we're stubborn idiots. So yep. So look, so look, the movie has that messaging. The movie is talking about that, and I mean, what do we, what do you know? You know, it's ten years later, and we're still like nowhere closer <laughs> to solving this issue, but. Um, but the movie's talking about all that, but then you just have like, <laughs> you know. But then you just have like, um, like y- you've got you've got these characters who come off to me as being representative of like the typical white conservative people, right? Mm-hmm. And even if you don't look at Rod and Natalie like that. The other characters that show up that they partner with, Ramsey and Becky, they are 100% <laughs> red-blooded, conservative, white Americans, right? Yeah. Where they get into this van with them, and Ramsey just has, like, a bunch of assault rifles in his car. <laughs> He's just driving this van around full of rifles.
2: He's an ex-vet. <laughs> and, He's a vet.
1: And, and and half the movie is them just driving down the road, <laughs> shooting at birds. <laughs> you know, so, so you start to wonder, like, okay, what are we, are are we are we just talking about the you know the fucking destructive nature of mankind here and mm-hmm. and and are we saying like well rod's trying to be a better person but his his human nature gets the best of him or like
2: <laughs> I think you just can't think about it too deeply. I think it's all about the birds cutting off the supply chains. Cuz they're going I don't know. I guess for me I never look at things too too deeply and so I'm going to go real fucking shallow with like the fucking birds attacking the gas stations and stuff. No, no, they're just cutting off supply chains so they can turn the human race into their own personal cattle and <laughs> feast on them forever.
1: I, I don't know about that, what, but, but I, I, what I do think is there is that, you know, obviously, uh, in context of the film, they are they are going after gas stations and cars mm-hmm. as, as an assault on, you know, our, our pollution and all that right. and trying to make it a, a green world, right? So, so that's there, and you know, and I, and that is something that I do find interesting about our birds in this movie, is we've talked about beaks, we've talked about the birds, in both of those films. You know, the birds can be looked at in a similar vein. You know, these animal attack movies tend to revolve around the kind of destructive nature of mankind, and mm-hmm. you know how we basically destroy everything, and yep. <laughs> and you know, and Mother Nature rising up, and and whereas the birds and beaks are. Not subtle, but not so heavy on it. Uh, it. At least not, at least not like Birdemic. Birdemic is just straight up in your face. We're not even trying to hide this from you. This is what this movie's about, and this is what our birds are about. And so, so it does, it does kind of make it fun when you sort of look at like how the birds react to certain things, you know. So, like I, I kind of get a kick out of the fact that that Becky ends up dying. Uh well taking a shit because <laughs> I sort of look at it as like a metaphor for human beings shitting on the earth and, and the bird is just taking her out because of that. So.
2: <laughs> I I do like that concept because I always took Becky's death as the bird didn't kill her. Natalie killed her with friendly fire because the bird's attacking her in the face and Natalie shoots off a gun and then Becky's dead.
1: Yeah, but then you look at Becky and she's got a fucking claw mark that's her throat open, Chris.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. Friendly fire. Natalie killed her.
1: No, it's because she was shitting on the Earth. (laughs) She was (laughs) shitting on planet Earth, and the bird was like, don't you touch my planet. (laughs) Don't you put that shit on my planet.
2: (laughs) I do love the idea as, like, the birds just ostensibly almost being, like, slasher-level killers where they have certain rules that if you break them, they will fuck you up. Well, I mean,
1: that's what this is. Like, when you look at these characters, a lot of the people that do die are ones that break that rule, right? They are ones that... You know, like the guy stealing the gas. Like, he, like is it because
2: he touched gas or because he was robbing them at gunpoint?
1: Well, I think it's. I think it's both. I think you know you, you can, and I'm serious. Like, you can look at that as you know, obviously, uh, obviously, it's a bad natured person, and that he's stealing from them, mm-hmm. and and we're kind of talking about that aspect of human beings, right? But also the the emphasis on gas, you know, the putting such an importance on gas, <laughs> mm. uh, I think, is also the cause of his death, you know, because because that's what we as humans do. And that's what's killing us. You know, <laughs> I mean, I mean, like on a serious note, it's like, yeah, look around the world, you know, look at all the the sickness and disease. And, you know, you want to talk about like COVID and shit like that. You know why that shit happens more often now? Because of global warming, because we're destroying environments <laughs> yeah. that this stuff comes out of. So... <laughs> Uh, and we're just fucking with things we're not supposed to. So, so no, I, I do actually think that, that guy uh, that steals the gas, he gets it for that reason. And, and I think most of the characters get it for something like that. <laughs> I just
2: like the idea, then, that death is following our main characters. They're just too fast to, like, get murdered by nature. Because, like, think about when they go into the forest and they're like, you know, the tree hugger dude is trying to teach them about, like, the importance of global warming and taking care of nature. And they're like... Cool. Yeah, bye. And then the forest spontaneously erupts into fire around them.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean my one disappointment is that the kids didn't die in that fire because <laughs>
2: Right. Fuck <laughs> those the, kids. Cuz
1: these kids are the worst. I mean, they're screaming about fucking Happy Meals and the Bird Apocalypse, <laughs> right? <laughs> and those are the kind of kids around be like, "You know what? You're going to be the bird's spot Happy Meal now. Fuck you." <laughs> Absolutely. Um but this movie, you know, getting back to like actual talk actually talking about things, um the movie <laughs> Uh, again i don't know how much is in, is 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 meant to make a point in this film right mm-hmm. but but i do think that on this issue of global warming and all that for for all of the for all of the in your face stuff about it you know i, I do still think that james neguin is, is 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 kind of interesting in how he portrays some of this or or is coming at it from a a little bit of an intelligent point of view right where like mm-hmm. Uh, cause you do see more kind of subtle things throughout as well. Like I, I noticed that at the point where the two characters are watching those parrots, those really fucking fake looking parrots, I
2: fucking love those um, parrots.
1: when they're watching that in the background of them is a building with, uh, up with a drawing or a painting, uh, of a, of a guy holding the earth in his hands. <laughs> you How know, do you
2: notice these things?
1: Cause I pay attention, Chris. I got <laughs> distracted
2: by the birds. I know.
1: Um, <laughs> But, yeah, but, you know, so there's stuff like that in the background, mm. too. So, you know, so if, if you didn't catch the, the messaging <laughs> the film's trying to sell you, it's it's there in that. It's there trying to say, like, mankind thinks that we own the Earth, right? And we I, don't.
2: I definitely agree with that. I'm very curious what your take, then, is on the birds. I don't know if they're puking or shitting on the four people who escaped well, the bus.
1: Well, well, so this, uh, this I actually think is kind of fun, right? So yeah. this, this, I think, is, even though it is... Even though it, it it makes no sense in the movie, <laughs> um, I do actually think it's kind of smart in a sense because, again, if we're talking about this film being about global warming and all that kind of stuff, what I actually like about the birds, you know, obviously there's a joke of like birds shitting on you and stuff like that that's there. But what I like
2: is, is that what you think are they shitting, peeing, oh, or puking?
1: It's shit. Come on, Chris. Okay. Come on, it's Chris. yellow. Come, yeah. So is bird shit. Well, bird shit's white, but shit's white. But no, I mean, come on. Yeah. Of course, it's supposed to be bird poop. You know, okay. the, the joke is that birds poop on everything, and you know, so. But but I but I think what I think the the intelligent part of this is that you know yeah birds poop on everything but what's fun here is that the fact that it's like this radioactive acid that <laughs> that melts our characters. You know, to me, that's kind of like that's kind of like this idea of like you know how uh, of sort of commenting on how human beings we're always throwing our pollutive shit, you know, into the animal kingdom and like you know contaminating water and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And so to me, this is kind of like the birds throwing their pollutive literal shit right back at us. You know, <laughs> so so I kind of look at it that way. It's like human beings are always throwing their pollutive crap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, into the environment. And this is the birds quite literally <laughs> throwing <laughs> Throw throwing pollutive shit right back at us. <laughs> it's so amazing. But, but the other thing, okay, so this is going back to the conservative versus progressive kind of potential messaging here. Mm-hmm. This is another area where I get a little bit confused on trying to figure out what the meaning of this is here, if there is any. And that's the fact that, you know, we've been talking about – the types of birds that are used in all the movies this month because they're all different. Mm -hmm. And another thing that stands out about birdemic is that it's not pigeons. It's not crows. It's not parakeets. It's eagles. They specifically say eagles over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. It's eagles are attacking, not birds. It's the eagles. So I think when I look at that, you know, I, the first thing that comes to mind obviously is, well, what are eagles? What what's the first thing you think of when you think of eagles? America. Amer- America. America. You know? So so in that context, when I look at it that way, then I get really confused because I'm like, okay, are these eagles representing America then? Because if they are, they would they wouldn't be trying to stop pollution because the number one thing for America is that we love pollution here in America. That's like, true, we do. Uh, we fucking eat that <laughs> shit up, you know. Um, like, fuck, dump toxic waste on my front porch, please, you know, <laughs> D- put a hose in my mouth and just straight line it right to me. Jesus, <laughs>
0: fuck.
1: That's, that's America for you. So, oh. you know, so, so I start, so I guess I look at that and I'm like, is this movie like an anti-conservative pro-conservative movie? Like I just, <laughs> you know, I, that's where I get confused. Cause obviously our characters, when you look at Ramsey and Becky and them, they're these gun nut conservatives, very clearly, and the Eagles are trying to prevent pollution, but they represent america so <laughs> so I think maybe if there's any way to look at it potentially, <laughs> if you take the if you take the fact that the Eagles are only attacking people polluting out of it, which yes I know that's a big thing to take out of the <laughs> film, uh, but if you take that out of it, and if you do try to look at our characters as the heroes instead of the villains. Then perhaps one way you could look at it, you know, because I I think anybody would agree that, look, if you're if you're a liberal American, you don't you don't worship the flag. You don't worship the symbol of the eagle. You might Mm -hmm. respect it. But you don't worship it I, yeah. I know that I don't i don't I don't have flags all around <laughs> my house, you know and all the, any of that kind of stuff It's not wrong to do that, but I just don't do it it's not I'm not obsessed with it, yeah, but every conservative I know is obsessed with the flag they're mm-hmm. obsessed with the eagle they're obsessed with things like don't tread on me right yeah so so I can't help but look at the eagles as being like conservative representations, so the fact that they're attacking. Our our green energy obsessed <laughs> Rod and his girlfriend, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost like okay, are they are they symbols of conservatives that are like trying to, you know, trying to keep this green energy shit down or like?
2: <laughs> oh, honestly, for me with this film, I feel like personally it kind of breaks down a lot of those like barriers and niche boxes we try to put people in because to your point, you know. Rod and Natalie aren't straight conservative and they're not straight liberal which i think is a much more common thing that we see in in society we see people who you know especially if they've got more money they have a tendency to lean more conservative with certain policies but then they try to pretend like they're liberal because they support green energy Mm. i think you have the same thing with you know when it comes to some of the military stuff because a big thing i think with ramses is the fact that he did serve in the war Mm. but then he also has a line of like I got tired of seeing what was going on over there. We need to give peace a chance. Hmm. And so I think a lot of this film really is about the importance of breaking down all those barriers because you're neither good nor bad. If you're not on the side of trying to like push things forward and have it be better, then it doesn't really fucking matter if you're liberal or conservative. Well, those fucking egos are going to hunt your ass <laughs> and explode well, your goddamn car. Well,
1: look, so this was another way I looked at it. So so I think, I think you're on the right track. I think that... I think that that is the way to look at it is look no. not everything's black and white right no and and well everyone these days would love to act like being liberal or conservative is purely black and white mm-hmm. it's just not you it's know not. like like there are the the number of conservative ideals that i identify with are slim to none mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that i think everything's wrong you know and just just like they're probably on the other side of that conversation that you know, see certain liberal things as being okay, right? So, yeah. like, there's not we we like to put we like to put each into its own box. But you're absolutely right; it's not black and white. There's a lot of gray area with this kind of stuff, and we're all honestly not as divided as the media and politicians like to say that we are. Mm-hmm. And I think people kind of tend to forget that they do that for their own benefit. Like, exactly. the, like the media paints it one way or the other. To get those viewers, I mean, look at Fox for God's sakes. You know, Fox, <laughs> Fox placates to conservatives to get conservative viewership, right? Yeah. Uh, and and they paint it as all the liberals are evil and they're trying to take away your country, and and you know, and liberal media does a little bit of the same as well. Although I would argue that a lot of conservative politicians are trying to take away <laughs> the country. But but the point is, is that you know, it's not black and white. So maybe one, maybe another way to look at the the idea of the Eagles is to represent maybe not conservatives or liberals but potentially politicians Mm -hmm. you know potentially how uh politicians are kind of this force that you know descends upon us and turns us against each other causes chaos or you could just look at it as america in general america as this divided violent place where you know we argue for things like green energy but then there's also violence and Mm -hmm. you know and we're all susceptible to that so I mean, you know, there's plenty there's plenty of us literal people that, like, we're all about green energy and fairness and all that kind of stuff, but it doesn't mean we don't have a violent side to us, so. <laughs> uh,
2: look, at the end of the day, it's, I think to your point, it very much is about, you know, politicians and people a little bit higher up who want to keep us divided, but America and the world in general we're, the, we're at our best when we remember that we're part of a society. And we get a little bit of that with Birdemic, when we're able to come together and work together to keep ourselves safe and all that kind of stuff, and we are together. We are incredibly strong, regardless of if we have Uzis to shoot down the birds or not. <laughs> um, but like, there's more that unites us. I know it's a really cheesy line, but there's more that unites. But, <laughs> but it, it's applicable. Yeah. Like, and I feel like that's you know really kind of the message we should be taking away from Birdemic is that we need to all work together. Um and different ideas coming together makes our society stronger as opposed to weaker. If we let all those different ideas divide us, well then yeah, the fucking eagles are gonna shit on our faces and we're <laughs> gonna fucking melt.
1: Well well look, <laughs> it's it's what makes the ending interesting, right? Is that mm-hmm. so again, if you look at other films we talked about this month, The Birds and Beaks, mm-hmm. both of those movies have the attacks just stop for whatever reason. Uh, But the one thing that neither movie does is forgive the birds. Mm -hmm. You know, neither film is like the birds are not the problem. You know, what's different about Birdemic is even though the birds have caused all this chaos (laughs) at the end, at the end, you know, you've got that line from Mai, who they find like half dead in her car. Right. Yep. And she says, forgive them. And I have to imagine she's talking about the birds that killed her. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, it <laughs> you know. was highway robbery.
1: It could be. I mean, her throat's slit, so who knows. But <laughs> yet she's still able to talk. Um, or no, wait, her throat's not slit. I got that wrong. Actually, it looks like her face is just fucked up. Yep. Um, <laughs> she got a fucked up face. <laughs> she got some She got bird shit on her face. Um, you know, but, but so you have to imagine, like, her saying forgive them. I mean, that's interesting because it, it's the first of these bird films that we've talked about where – The end message really is kind of like, hey, you know, don't don't hold it against these birds for having fought back, you know, don't don't be angry with them for having been fed up with our shit, you know. Mm -hmm. So 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 again, I I think the birds can mean many things to many people, uh, especially with the fact that they are eagles. I, I do think that really stands out. But, you know, maybe to kind of what you're saying in this whole conversation is you know at the end of it all it's really birdemic itself is really just about you're right you do have these characters rod and natalie as boring as they are they seem to have literal viewpoints they meet up with these conservatives who have more conservative viewpoints but they each have their own kind of like gray area with how they think about things right Mm -hmm. and so maybe it is kind of about kind of coming together and (laughs) you know trying trying to find common ground on things
2: yeah otherwise the eagles will hover there and judge you Birds well, cannot hover. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I they just can wanna, in birdemics. They bird They They not
2: they hover and judge.
1: Birds also can't shit acid, Chris, but they do in bird-demics. <laughs> Nor can
2: they explode.
1: Oh my god, I love I love the dive bombing. I love the dive bombing birds. That just blow up.
2: <laughs> they're they're my favorite. They, these birds are mystical and I love them and I would adopt a mystical eagle in a heartbeat.
1: Well, it's why I like the symbol of the eagle again because you know may- maybe I'm looking at it wrong maybe the eagle's just a symbol of war in a sense yeah you know I mean what's a- I mean for God's sakes America's always kind of like a single symbol of war to most people right like we're
2: we're definitely a symbol of war
1: <laughs> like I mean we're this fucking gun obsessed country to the to the point where we literally have a culture around guns no do, do people realize that no other country, has a gun culture like us no (laughs) because
2: America first why would we think about any other country I mean mean, not to get out (laughs) a
1: rant about it but you know it's like this whole weekend I've been pissed off because it's like we just had the Kyle Rittenhouse jury verdict which is I don't even want to get started on that Mm. uh but then right before recording this Chris and I are hearing about this this gun that went off in an Atlanta airport. Yep. And it turns out that it is legal to have a loaded gun in your suitcase at an airport, but I can't bring fucking toothpaste in my bag, you know? So like, fucking
2: ridiculous.
1: So, so it's just, it's just speaking to like this, this culture, like we are a war obsessed culture in this country. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe, yeah, maybe at the end of the day, it is just kind of about, you know, if you just look at the Eagles as a symbol of America in general, you know maybe maybe it's about just kind of the mixed messaging of what it means to be American you know yes. uh, and how people take it different ways you know in one sense, being American means being coming together and and you know fighting things together and you know being being together on like trying to save the world and and mm-hmm. uh, you know defeat things like global warming and that kind of stuff, but at the same time people- ni- manipulate that and turn it into a us versus them thing and <laughs> yep. You know, so so I don't know, maybe maybe that maybe that's all the birds are in this movie. They're just they're just war incarnate. <laughs> <laughs> and,
2: <laughs> and war will explode in your face and shit on your face.
1: Exactly. But look, I, I, I feel like I could rant in circles about this forever, <laughs> so we gotta start wrapping up. Uh so who is your killer idiot of Birdemic?
2: Yeah, that's fucking Rod. Fucking idiot. Like, look, this dude leaves behind so many useful items. Like, there's that moment where, you know, they get the entire bus full of people killed, but then he doesn't go and grab the Uzi, like, try to protect himself and grab the Uzi for better defense. There's then the moment where he gets fucking robbed to, like, for the gas, and the dude gets his throat slit by the bird, drops the gas can and the gun, and Rod's just like, fuck it, I'm not going to take the gas that we need to drive places and the gun yeah, fucking well, dumbass.
1: Well, I mean, so my answer was they're all idiots because, okay. of course, because of course they are. But, but look, spe- speaking to the Rod, then, really quick, because I, I want to make sure I mention this too, is, you know, there is that moment in the film that stands out where they encounter a bus full of people that are trapped by the birds. And Rod is basically like, I'm going to go save them. And so he. No, he, it's Ramsey. Or I'm sorry, Ramsey. And Ramsey's like, I'm going to go save them. And so he runs into this bus and is like armed. Like he has a fucking assault <laughs> rifle with him. And, and all these people are like, no, don't take me off the bus. I don't want to go out to the birds. <laughs> and he's like, get off the bus. You know, he's like. He
2: kidnaps them.
1: He, ki- he straight up kidnaps them. He's grabbing these people and like throwing them off the bus. And they're not going to say no because he's fucking armed and dangerous. And, yep. and kind of barging in here like a psychopath. Right. <laughs> and and what happens is he, he forces all these people out of the bus where they are safe because they're in a bus. Yep. Where birds can't get in, and and he throws them all outside, and they all die immediately. Yeah, you know? they
2: immediately get shit so, on.
1: So, so again, you know, going back to the Ramsey conservative thing, it's like, look, you know, I, there's this ideal in conservatism of like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play soldier boy and like defend my country and all that kind of stuff, right? And I'm I'm not talking about actual soldiers that go to war. I'm talking about dipshits like Kyle Rittenhouse that you know mm-hmm. travel across state lines with a gun to quote unquote protect people, right? Yep. Um, You know, there's all these fucking dumbass white kids in this country like that, uh, who want to go play war and that kind of thing. And, you know, so to me, that moment's almost kind of like a reflection on that <laughs> of like, hey, you know, maybe in this case, Ramsey's heart's in the right place. He wants to save these people. But dipshit, you're in right over your head and you're out here trying to play fucking soldier boy. And it doesn't work out for everybody. So. Yeah, and
2: by ignoring, like, the will of the people, ostensibly, you it, get them all killed.
1: Exactly, yeah. The will of the people was, I want to stay on this goddamn bus and leave me alone with your gun.
2: Yeah, we just <laughs> wanted you to kill the birds, and now leave us alone.
1: Right, exactly. So, anyway, uh, what about your killer death of Birdemic?
2: That's all the people Ramsey killed, because they're the ones who got killed shit on with acid poop and it's kind of hilarious yeah
1: no that's mine too i I don't even think it comes close it's it's acid poop on the faces i think i think the only other thing that even is in striking distance of that is just becky getting taken out while taking a dump on the earth. Yes, (laughs) both of the
2: killer deaths involve shit
1: indeed they do chris indeed they do (laughs) uh what about your killer mvp
2: uh the birds I don't I fucking love these birds they're so fucking weird and horribly rendered and I love them so they win it for me they're the whole reason why I will show up and watch this movie again is just to see those goddamn eagles hovering in the air and judging
1: Yeah, I, I got a little more specific with it because I said the pooping birds specifically, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Because good for them, you you throw that acid shit anywhere you want. It's your planet, birds. <laughs> you you do you poop where you want, <laughs> and if your poop is made of acid and you can take out a few shitty human beings while you're at it, good for you. you go know? for <laughs> it. <laughs> go go for it. Live your American dream um, <laughs> of shitting wherever you want. Uh, all right, so that's gonna do it for us on bird Birdemics. <laughs> so I don't know. Hopefully that was at least a little bit worthwhile for y'all. Um, so, <laughs> uh, it is Birdemic after all. But uh, so another thing we like to do at the end of the month with our themes is we like to rank all the movies that we've talked about. So this month again it was a shorter month because we're kind of we got a little behind there in October with things. So we just wanted to play catch up a bit this month, and we'll be back on our regular schedule in December. But uh, so this month we've talked about uh the birds birdemic beaks so how would you rank these three for the month and I swear to God if you say Birdemic (laughs) is number one we are getting divorced
2: (laughs) I feel like you threaten me with that every ranking
1: no you threaten that every ranking (laughs) and now I'm saying for once I'm gonna say if you say Birdemic (laughs) (laughs) is the best movie of these three I'm locking out this door right now (laughs) Hey,
2: you walk into the COVID filled streets see how it goes (laughs) Um, no I may have shitty tastes, but my tastes aren't that shitty. I do want to say that this has been one of my most favorite months in a while just because I love watching shitty movies. No. Um. So number three for me is Beaks because as much as I love Beaks.
1: I knew, I knew, I knew Birdemic <laughs> wouldn't be last. <laughs> I knew it wouldn't it's be so last. It's too much
2: fun. Like, so I there are moments of Beaks I really like. I like the birds. I like the violence with it. But there are parts that I fall asleep during, and it has weird like jumps in the story. It's fucking weird. I and
1: Birdemic has a story.
2: (laughs) No, Birdemic has awesome hovering birds that I already mentioned. Yeah, no, I just I just fucking love the birds in Birdemic. So of course Birdemic gets to be number two.
0: Okay, because number yes, yeah, number
2: two, number two, number one obviously goes to the birds, and it's because I fucking love that bitch. Love me a messy bitch, and she is the best. And so, yeah, obviously the birds is going to win because anytime a movie has somebody who I want to be my new best friend hmm. gets to be number one.
1: Yeah. So Birdemic is not even close. It's number three for me.
2: What? <laughs> How does Beaks beat out Birdemic? Explain beca- that to me. Beca-
1: because Beaks, for as bad of a movie as it is, is is competent. It's, it's, How is it's, it a
2: competent movie? Because- it also doesn't make any sense.
1: Well, Beeks does things that impress me, whereas Birdemic is just it like we Birdemic is the the saltiest junk food of horror possible, right? Like it's, I,
2: I don't disagree with that, but what in Beeks is impressive? Well, look, maybe one thing—the
1: well, gore beaks actually has good gore beaks actually has really well shot scenes you know i mean like oh
2: well shot scenes i mean
1: i mean you can laugh at all you want but like you know the the scene the scene with the fucking hawk chasing the girl down the beach it's not like that's easy to film right so so beaks beaks and beaks actually has like you know people that act like they're in a fucking you know (laughs) who are
2: actually human and not robots who
1: actually feel like human beings at times as opposed to (laughs) fucking aliens and in human suits so so, I mean, Be- look, Beaks isn't maybe as ridiculous as Birdemic, <laughs> uh, but, I, but I do think that it's a better movie overall. Uh, I mean,
2: technically.
1: More than technically. <laughs> so, uh, and, and look, this is, not, this is not to lift up Beaks as if it's a great <laughs> movie, because Beaks is also shit, you know? It's gonna-
2: but it does have a cute dog.
1: Only thing I care about, um, so, <laughs> obviously. Uh, so no, so bird Birdemics last and then Beaks, you know, I, again, Beaks is not great. Not even close, but it, <laughs> but it, but it does do some things really well. Uh, and then it's the birds because I mean, it could it not be the birds. The birds is, the birds is like on a whole other planet compared yep. to these other two movies. Right. I mean, for God's sakes, it's fucking Alfred Hitchcock. The birds, <laughs> uh, and and you've got fucking Tippy Hendren you know who who like you said as Melanie is amazing in that film. She's absolutely wonderful.
2: God, I want her to be my best friend so bad.
1: I her character's great. She's yeah. awesome in that. Um, so so no, yeah, I that that this ranking was easy for me. I didn't even take a second to think <laughs> about this. It was bam, bam, bam. That's the ranking.
2: <laughs> I had to debate between Beaks and Birdemic.
1: I know you did, and it was a tough one. <laughs> I'm sure it was. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so that's going to do it for us on our Birds of Prey Month and this is a great Birdemic. Room. Thank you so, so much for voting for this. <laughs> so again, I mean, look, if, if any of you enjoyed, you know, if any of these watches were first times for you or you enjoyed uh, listening to us talk about these movies or any of these films in general, just a reminder that there is a bird, The Birds Part 2. There is a Birdemic Part 2 if you want to seek out more bad bird movies right so those those exist out there if you want to watch them um but that's the deal for us on this so we have not yet uh put up voting for our theme for next month but i can guarantee you that it will probably be something somewhat winter holiday whatever related for december so uh so we'll have those options up for you soon why do you give me that look do you <laughs> not like the idea of talking about wintery horror it's my birthday
2: month i want I want Chris movies. It's we're not talking about slashers in December,
1: <laughs> unless you talk about all Christmas slashers. But anyway, um, so we're gonna we'll <laughs> fuck your birthday. We'll debate on that later. Uh, but so, <laughs> so it's probably gonna be something like that. But look, look for that voting on our Twitter Acular Critics. So we'll put up a poll soon uh, to see what you all want to hear us talk about next month. But anyway, that's going to do it for us on Birdemic and our Birds of Prey month. So I'm Matt. And I'm Chris. And thank you all for listening. Have a great night, horror fans.
2: Bye.
0: I hope you've enjoyed tonight's episode of Killer Horror Critic. If you'd like to scream with us some more, please subscribe on iTunes. And follow us on Twitter at Killer from Space. As well as Instagram at Killer underscore horror underscore critic new episodes release every friday so keep your eyeballs peeled just the way i like them have a good night horror fans